everybody to the through the seams podcast i am your host kevin fielder joined once again by my my four esteemed panel of guests or co-hosts uh aj devito jackson hearts tommy Novitsky, and the hot take machine ja- jake mauer how are we going how are we doing today i <laughs> completely messed it up but we're gonna keep it I'm doing fine. No baseball still. Don't want to die, but could be better. Could be worse. KBO. KBO, yeah. Didn't we talk about this yeah, last episode? Yeah, the biggest dino fans in the world, right? <laughs> Go dinos. Go dinos, baby. Other than that, uh, we, we, we doing well? We, we chilling? We are chilling. We are, we are chilling. So I'm going to keep... So we are, we're going to keep this intro short. So we can get to the actual good stuff. Uh, we have an interview with Burlington Royals play-by-play announcer Alex Fuse. And we're also going to play a fun little game with uh, our last names and baseball players. Uh, we'll explain that one more when we actually get to it. Uh, does anyone else have anything to add? Or are we going to get to the content? Uh, let's get into the episode. Let's get into the content. The, the meat and potatoes of the episode. Okay, so before we get into the interview with Alex, we're going to play a little game. Uh, we all went through and we chose one infielder, one outfielder, one starting pitcher, and one relief pitcher. Uh, I, I, I think we all chose the best one. I, did we all choose the best one? Or who we think is no, the best one? Yeah, we, did. we tried to. Yeah, we tried to. We tried to. It got a little tricky at points for, I think, all of us, except for maybe, like, AJ and Jake, because they have D and M. They're, like, the easiest names ever. Uh, So, for example, if your last name begins with a T, you could have chosen Mike Trout for the outfield. Obviously, none of our names begin with a T, so none of us could choose Mike Trout in the outfield. Uh, I'm going to let AJ start with his team. Uh, One infielder, one outfielder, one starting pitcher, one reliever. AJ, begin. Alright, so for outfield, I could have went with J.D. Davis, but I went with the better Davis in Chris Davis. Sorry, Tommy. Is that Chris uh, Davis Chris with a Davis. K or a C? The, the one that's actually good, I assume? The one that plays outfield. So okay, well, that, I'm sorry. Oh, okay, I'm yeah. sorry that I'm making sure that you didn't choose the one that sucks ass. <laughs> I mean, the one that plays outfield, because he's the outfielder. So Chris Davis. Infielder, you chose Chris so, Davis. You know Chris Davis. I've got to explain him. Infielder. Raphael Devers, uh, oh, Yankee shit. Killer. That, that's Leading a good one. Baseball. Really good at and baseball. And Fits the challenge. Um, starting pitcher, obviously DeGrom, best pitcher in baseball as of now. Yeah, Tommy, go smile, I can see in the back. And one of the most, what's the word? Uh, one of the most underrated relievers, Chris Davinsky of the Houston Astros. He's very good. His stuff isn't talked about as much as it could be. He's honestly one of the best relievers in the game and doesn't get the recognition. So that's my starting four players with the last name D. Okay, so I, I just have a question. If you were uh, doing a meme team, would Chris Davis be also the infielder? Yes, and Edwin Diaz would also be the uh, reliever. <laughs> I, I was about to bring that up. I'm curious why you didn't start Edwin Diaz as your relief pitcher. Because he wants to win, I assume? 
Um, well, uh, two years ago on the Seattle Mariners, he had a 1.96 ERA. And last year he had like a so, 16.5 ERA? More around a seven, but... Uh, <laughs> That's uh, Jake, continue. I feel like your team's also going to be good. I mean, it's all right. It's all right. Um, for outfielder starting JD, uh, JD Martinez, I almost said JD Davis. Uh, <laughs> JD <laughs> Martinez. It, yeah. I, uh, infield, I went between two guys here, between Machado and McNeil, but I picked McNeil. So Machado had a down year, and McNeil had an awesome year. Um, starting pitcher, I could have went the two guys. I had in between Mike Miner, but I picked Charlie Morton, elite pitcher from the Rays. Great pitcher. And, um, Kev's a little familiar with my, uh, Relief pitcher. I don't want to talk he about it. He was on the Giants think. last year. Uh, do you have any guesses? Oh, crap. Uh, it was like your one good reliever. Okay, it was not Tony Watson. Uh, <laughs> My last name starts with M. Yeah, no, no shit. That's why I didn't say it was <laughs> That's why I said it wasn't Tony Watson. I, I don't. His first name starts with M, too. I. Oh, crap. What's his. It's not Reyes Maranta, is it? No, I said his first and last name starts with M. I don't know who it is then. I'm completely drunk. I know who it is. I know who it is. Can I guess? Can yeah, I guess sure. I don't know if he's a reliever, but Matt Moore? No. Matt Moore is actually, I believe, used as a reliever now in the minor. That's, it. that's not who it is. Uh, Mark Melanchon. Wasn't he a giant? Mark Melanson? Didn't he play for the Braves? Well, did this guy say Melanchon? Mark oh my god. He was the Braves too. Oh my god. Oh my god. I don't know how to say it. I think my favorite pitcher of all time is Mark Melancon. <laughs> that's my relief pitcher. So his relief pitcher is Mark Melancon. Mark Melancon, shout out to you. Okay, uh, Tommy, please try to pronounce everyone's name correctly. Um. Or no. no promises. <laughs> um, so, with the outfield, um, along with uh, one of my favorite players in the league, probably top two, maybe top one, Brandon Nimmo. Um, kind of had a down year last year, but you know, still a great player. He he was injured a little bit last year, but I believe he could come back, hopefully, if we have a season this year and perform like he did in 2018. Um, infield, I went with the Pirates' Kevin Newman. Good player. I'm very familiar with this guy before we uh, started, but he's like a pretty good player. About a 300 last year. So, um, I had to pick an infielder. It had to be him. Starting pitcher, Aaron Nola. You know, he's a beast. Sadly, he's on the Phillies, but, you know, got to respect his game. Great player. And, uh, relief pitcher. Um, this is the mispronounced territory, <laughs> just as a warning. Um, you can't going Hector... Nervous? Nervous. It's Nervous. Jake, you can't talk. You mispronounced Mark Melanson. No. Melancon? Yeah. It was Melon. C O N Con. Melancon. That's why. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. It's obviously Nervous. How do you say that wrong? All right, Melancon. What is it? Is it Norris? Wait, where's there an E E S E? All right, Melancon. Yeah. All right, all right we, whatever. Make mistakes, all right? Uh, let's move on. Yeah, Melancon. All right. So <laughs> okay. I'm going with Hector because he's an 82 overall and I won't be the show. That's all. 
Okay, uh, Jack said uh, Hearts, H. Yep. Uh, I feel like my team's pretty like solid Jackson overall. Parts. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so... In, in the, no, I'm doing H. H, okay, okay. In the outfield, I have Bryce Harper. I mean, pretty obvious choice. One of the most underrated players in the league. Garbage. Respect he gets. Oh, boy, don't get him started. Um, infield, I got one of, like, best young players in the league. I think he's really underrated as well. Um, Keston Hira of the Brewers. Um... Starting pitcher, I have Cole Hamels. Is he also underrated? Around. No. No, I think everyone knows how he is right now. And then, right, relief pitcher, I obviously have top three reliever in baseball, Josh Hader. So, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I think his team's going to win the best team. I, <laughs> I, I Look, I stand no chance. Uh, so, I'm going to go with the obvious ones first. Infielder is Freddie Freeman. He's been really dang good for a really damn long time. Uh, he was really good last year. He's really good first at first base as a fielder and then as a hitter. Uh, and then my starting pitcher is uh, Jack Flaherty. He's also a good baseball player. Uh, and like the the other options were like Max Freed and uh, I think a few other guys who had like four and like four point five ERAs. Uh, and then uh, th- then we get to relief pitcher, which I, I went through like uh, for relief pitcher and outfielder. I went through like a a fantasy baseball rankings list where they had like the top 300 players at each position. And I came away with Luke Farrell, who played like 13 innings last year, uh, Buck Farmer, Michael Feliz, and Wilmer Font, who had like a four, like five ERA or something high. I went with Buck Farmer because he had the lowest ERA. And I don't know. I mean, look, there wasn't much I could do. I'm sure I'm missing a guy. Uh, and then for outfielder, I went. Beto- I chose between Clint Frazier. I really didn't want to choose him because he plays for the Yankees, and I hate Yankees. Uh, Dexter Fowler and Derek Fisher, not the basketball player, the the not as good baseball player. Uh, I went with Clint Frazier because he's okay. He had like twelve home runs last year. Had a decent high, decently high batting average. Didn't have the war at all, but uh, he, you know, he's a decent player. Honestly, though, like my team kind of got beat by the system. Uh, I think we all kind of know who the best team is, right? Yeah, the one with Mark Mellon count on. <laughs> Mark Mellon con. Go me. <laughs> Mark I mean, time. realistically, I think it's down to me and Jackson. Or Jackson yeah, myself. Probably. Wait, what was I your team really again? Like I'd go Jackson. What was your team again, AJ? Chris Davis, Raphael Devers, the best pitcher in baseball, DeGrom. and Chris Hudson. And then Jackson, my team was Har- yeah, J- my uh, team was Harper, Harper Hira, uh, Hamels, and Hater. Pretty close, actually. I don't know. I think... Um, I think Jackson's probably more well-rounded. I'm, I'm going with Jackson oh. since AJ didn't go with Edwin Diaz. Um, my, my vote goes to Jackson. We are rioting. Oh, I had to pick the best bat reliever with the letter D, not the second best. <laughs> second best isn't that. I oh, wait. What? what was not the show. Yeah. Edwin Diaz's ERA last year was five five nine. So just how many blown saves he has? I'll try to figure this out. I wonder if it has it on his. I mean, if he has maybe Fleming, he would know right now. Uh, blown saves. 
do we have that on? Mm, I don't. I, know. I could just tell you it was more than it should have been. Probably ten more than it should have been. Exactly. I. They do not have it on his baseball reference for some reason. Let's, let's throw out a thirty there. <laughs> over. Oh, over no. under twenty. Over. Over. Let's see. Twelve. Are you yanking me? It's like thirty. Oh, he only uh supposedly only had seven blown saves. Alright, fake website. Don't believe it. So yeah, I said nine, that was close, I guess. Oh it was because did didn't he lose his uh closing pitching role? Um yes. Yeah. That's why probably why he doesn't have any blown saves. They took him out the position before, before he was in save territory. <laughs> yeah, he allowed the runs before it was a blown save. Um, Jake, you have anything to say? Anything really? Mark, M- no, Mellon Jake, like to say about that or in general? I, I, um, I'm afraid to ask for in general. Anything I'm on your mind? Afraid. I do have a hot take. Oh boy, that's all we need to hear. Here we go. You know what we should do, Kev? What? We should have like music for when I have a hot take. If I remember, yeah. I'll add uh, I'll add uh, music to this point. <laughs> anyway, drum roll, please. All right. Oh boy. So, Tommy, you joined back Chicago White, time. <laughs> Chicago White Sox. Oh, um, they're they're trying to have a big season. They haven't made the playoffs in a while. Um, they went out and got Dallas Keuchel this season. Oh no. Um, why? What am I going to say? I know this. I know. I feel like I know where this is coming. So, it's more of a projection than a take, but I think Dallas Keiko has a career year and goes like, gets like 10 wins or so and has like a 2.4 ERA and they make the playoffs. Did I just hear... Win the, how is... How is Wait, 10 Paul, wins a career year? Yeah! <laughs> it's his best ERA year. No, no. Wins like is it is it a Degrom situation where his team puts up one run every four games? <laughs> well, no, I mean like every four games, like forty. <laughs> yeah, no, the the other games they have all the zero, they have zero runs. I mean, okay, I was more focused on the ERA than the wins, but okay. So you're telling can me? You, can you yeah. rephrase the twenty wins? Yeah, so I, I, I feel like I feel like if they make the playoffs, and so he has I'll a, go, all right. So seventeen and six. So what you're telling me is. Dallas Keuchel, okay. who had a 3.75 ERA last year, is going to bump that all the way down to below 290. Yes. No, I said 250. <laughs> wasn't he injured last year too? He just wasn't that bad of a year. He had a 3.75 ERA with uh, a FIP of 4.72. It was an okay year. Like fourth, fifth starting numbers. All right. Well, he's gonna turn it up. You know, actually, actually, this uh, MLB or Baseball References uh, OOTP simulation currently has him at a two point one ERA after nine starts. I saw that. Oh I'm, God, that's where the uh, that's where the hot take. No, 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 no. I said no, no, no. no. I, I I saw that after actually. Too bad the video game, and I realized. <laughs> oh boy, I, I really I okay. Look, that's actually one of the tamer hot takes he's had. Like, ever. Uh, again, he said Luke Voigt was going to hit 55 home runs, so. Oh, boy. Uh, oh, boy. Let's just get to the interview before I, I combust out of cringe.
Welcome back to the Through the Seams podcast. We are joined today by the Burlington Royals play-by-play announcer, Alex Fuse. You can follow him on Instagram and Twitter, at Alex Fuse. That's Alex and then F-E-U-Z. Alex, how are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. Obviously, no baseball on right now, so not much else we can do. (laughs) No, I guess unless you want to change up your whole sleep schedule to match the KBO uh, season, then go for it. But um, here right now, there is no minor league baseball. There's no major league baseball. So I guess if you're into KBO and you want to just fill the void with Korean baseball, go for it. Or you could uh, go back and watch the classics that any network is replaying every single day. I I do want to start there with, you know, obviously no minor league baseball and how difficult has that been for a broadcaster who's, you know, their living is based on there being minor league baseball to play? You know, I was really excited for this season, and obviously I hope that there is some sort of minor league baseball or major league baseball season of that. But again, I tweeted yesterday, I said, I want there to be baseball, but safely. And, and that's a big piece of it, too. So unless baseball can return, if it's, you know, what's that cost going to be like, that's that's huge. So I, I think definitely I, I want there to be baseball in the year 2020, but at what cost will that be? That's going to be huge, and that's a way above my pay grade to make that sort of decision. But to answer your question about there being no baseball, let alone no minor league baseball right now, it's tough because – You know, in my head, the baseball season wasn't going to start until the end of June anyways. You know, the Burlington Royals is a short season affiliated team with the Kansas City Royals. Their first game is still currently scheduled for June 22nd against the Danville Braves. And, you know, look, I was really looking forward to this season. It's my first season as a minor league baseball broadcaster. And, you know, if at the end of the day, if it's because of the safety of the players, the you know, the front office staff, the the overall health of everyone involved for there not to be a season, well, then that's what would have happened. Uh, but again, if there is some sort of way to have a season that is done safely, I'm ready to go tomorrow. <laughs> so I, I think that's a big piece right now. So as, as a broadcaster for a minor league team, do you get any kind of – like information fed to you about a potential start here, potential start there, or are you kind of just with every other fan just kind of waiting in, I guess, this limbo almost? You know, to answer your question, frankly, if you ask Commissioner Manfred that question, he would tell you the same answer I'm about to do. We have no idea. You ask anyone that's involved in this, yeah, we have some sort of inclination of some sort of hope. You know, what's the best case scenario? The best case scenario right now is for there to be a major league baseball season. They're not worried about a minor league baseball season right now. They are worried about some sort of finding a way for there to be an MLB season, let alone an MILB season right now. So I think the biggest piece right now is figuring out, okay, where do we go from here? Is it possible in 2020? And then once you figure that out, once you figure out the money issues that a lot of people are talking about and what a lot of people aren't talking about is after this year, you know what we do in the off season? We look at a new CBA deal and the way it's been talked about in the last few years, 
It's not going to be pretty. So I, I think there's a lot of questions, but no answers. And it's definitely a challenging time for everyone involved at, on all levels. No one has a crystal ball that says, okay, on July 4th, we will be opening baseball at the major league level because we don't know. AJ? Getting into, getting into with you and broadcasting, how did you start broadcasting and what led you to the Burlington Royals? You know, it's a funny story, right? So I, I took a little different path than most people would say if you ask any broadcaster this question. Up until the age of 13 years old, I wasn't really a sports fan. And I was grounded for two weeks. I couldn't watch any TV. And then I turned on my radio. And I started listening to John Sterling and Susan Wallman call Yankee games. And I fell in love. If you're familiar with the the style that John has when calling a baseball game, you know, yeah. he has a catchphrase for every single home run. He brings a different energy he has charisma, and I just loved his style. And I was attracted to how we call it a baseball game. And I saw baseball differently than I would in any other way. So uh, once the I was able to watch TV again, I started watching the Yankees on TV. And then from there, um, the following year, Michael K., the Michael K. Show went on the Yes Network, and I said, okay, I'm going to start my own show. I'm interested in it. I was in eighth grade. I started my own show in middle school, and it will be six years this June that I've had a form of a podcast, and it's kind of you know the rest of history if you look at it that way. So I think I would say it took a little different you know career path than um, usual, but for sure I, I think um, you know I really um, love the fact that hey look um, this is what I'm doing and I love doing it. That's really awesome, Max. I'm a diehard Yankees fan, so I know Sterling and Michael K. both really well. So I definitely can see where you're coming from with that. But as you did say, you have been broadcasting for a while now. What would be some uh, funny memories that you have? A funny memory that I have? That's a good question. Because um, I would say, maybe not funny, maybe interesting. Um, You know, it's just about... What I love most is getting to interview different people, but finding out stories about them that make them people. And and that's a big piece, right, where you can interview the most famous person in the world, but at the end of the day, they're a person. And that's a big piece that I look for, you know, when I'm interviewing someone. I, I will never boast someone up or make them bigger than who they are. That's not my style. My style is to relate them as regular people. And I think if you ask anyone that question, you know, would you want to feel special all the time? Or would you want people to know you as, I want to have lunch with them, right? Or I want to go out and eat breakfast with them and talk for an hour, two hours about the game that they were watching last night or asking them a question about what's your opinion of this? Is their Jeter overrated? Just throwing it out there as, you know, a conversation, right? What about Michael Jordan? What's your favorite Jordan story? You know, you could go through all these different scenarios. That's what I enjoy. I know it's not a cop out to your 
uh, question of whether it's funny or not. I, I wouldn't say I have really too much funny stories just yet, uh, but I would say um, definitely um, that is just talking with people and if you know hearing funny stories across the time, you know that gets me going. But other than that, I, I think it's a good question though you know it's one i never really thought about so um uh but yeah that's my answer yeah i i do agree with that that kind of sentiment and that you know as a journalist everyone kind of wants you to just get the news out and then talk about just you know what's happening on the field with the person and you know how they're how many touchdown passes they're throwing how many home runs they're hitting but you know what what people have to realize is that these people are just in every overall way an athlete and they're also just people Mm -hmm. And so when you can get down to, you know, who they are as people and, you know, what they like and what they dislike, then it kind of adds a different element to everything. And I think it also gives kind of the fans and the readers kind of a different perspective and who they grew up cheering for and who they who they watch currently. So I, I definitely think that that's probably a, a really important thing that a lot of people have to understand is that, you know, outside of just being a sports reporter or being a sports broadcaster or hosting a podcast or anything like that is – you know, at least in my case, I'm with these people every day. So I, I want to make sure that I'm not just asking them about the same sports questions every day because then, th- then they don't give you the same relationship that you'd get if you were, you know, talking about their personal lives and talk about their families and, you know, their, their, their own homes or even just like the classes they're taking in college. It's definitely a really a different. Um, I do want to touch, though, on your podcast, the whole story uh You've obviously interviewed a lot of big names on there, and uh, you know Ken Rosenthal, Bob Costas, John Sterling, and then even uh, I believe you have Adam Schefter coming up. Uh, out of all of them, which interview has been your favorite so far? You know, it's a great question, and what's cool about this podcast, right, is you know I started back in January, and then you know we went back to college, and. Um, and I kind of got bogged down with a lot of work. You know, I host a radio show at my college five days a week from 7 to 8 a.m. So I guess I could tell you that I guess I started early on my KBO sleep schedule. I would wake up at 4.30 every morning. And, um, you know, so I was doing that five days a week. So that kind of filled my time a lot of times because any interview I got, would just go on the show on the radio show. So I didn't really have time to do the whole story podcast. So there was a break, right? There was a break from mid January up until the first week of March where there were no episodes of the whole story podcast. It was something that started during winter break. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? Uh, I got, you know, the Alex Hughes show at my college. I'm just going to roll with that and go from there. And then when sports shut down and then the whole world basically got shut down, I said, okay, I have nothing else to do. None of the people I'm interviewing really have nothing else to do outside of Ken Rosenthal, who's the busiest person in the world in baseball. And then, of course, Adam tomorrow, who I'm interviewing. Um, and what I love most about doing this is everyone I interview is so different and unique. And everyone is – they're amazing people. And that's what's really nice is because if you think about it, right, everyone always says you don't want to meet your heroes because you'll get disappointed. Well, I've been able to interview a couple of my heroes in the broadcasting industry, and it's been nothing but the best. you know. And that's what's so awesome 
you know, and I'm incredibly grateful for is that these are great people, you know, and to give you one person I love to interview would have to be, well, there's a couple people, right? You know, you can't, everyone is different in my opinion, right? Everyone has their own of why I would like to interview them again. Ken and I have a, a nice relationship. I've known Ken for close to four years now. I interviewed him for the first time back in 2016. Uh, it was February 2016 when I first reached out to him, and that's when I first interviewed him. So I've known him for almost four years, over four years now. Uh, I met uh, Bob back in November, and I have a you know a good relationship with him, and he's incredible. And then you go through like Emily Walden, who uh, writes about. Uh, minor league baseball and the Detroit Tigers minor league system for the athletic and baseball America, who has done extraordinary work into raising awareness for minor leaguers and to show that even if you haven't reached the major league level, you are still professional baseball players. That's one of my biggest pet peeves. You could be, you know, a short season A team playing along with the Burlington Royals. You're still a professional baseball player. And, you know, she's done extraordinary work. Tim Brando, who does college football and basketball for Fox Sports. You know, I've, I've known Tim now for as probably long as I've known Ken. And he's been extraordinary in, in helping younger broadcasters like myself and many other people to take the time and to do the interviews and to give advice outside of time where you're like, wow. You know, he, here's a guy who's been in this business for close to 50 years and he'll carve out however long of time you need to answer any questions and give any advice. And every single person I've interviewed, I would say 100% nicest person ever. You know, and I truly mean that. And I know I'm leaving out a lot of great people that I've interviewed that had meant a lot to me. Um, but I would say John Sterling, even though – Technically, I never interviewed him on the Whole Story podcast. I've interviewed him a handful of times now, and John is the greatest. And, you know, I am truly, truly thankful for him to, um, to do the, the podcast and to do the interview. He's, he's extraordinary. I, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, have you watched any of the KBO so far? You know, I have actually, and uh, one person that I didn't mention, uh, John Bukshambi, who was honestly, hands down, one of my favorite people to interview, I guess that would have been my answer to your question, uh, who has been phenomenal, calling the KBO games on ESPN, and a lot of people don't realize this, you know, us broadcasters, it hasn't happened to me yet, but when you reach the national level, you know, Joe Buck or Carl Ravitch or, you know, Matt Baskersian or, or even Boog now on ESPN, you get a lot of comments. I don't like how they do this. I don't like how to do, how to do that. But I would challenge anyone that would get in the comment section to try to call Korean baseball from their own home where they were told probably less than two weeks ago that they had to do this assignment, you know, with no prior knowledge of maybe a handful of Major League Baseball players that they came in contact with a couple years ago. Like, come on now. 
you know, it's their first week calling the games. It's, and they're doing a phenomenal job doing it. So I, w- I wish, you know, that, that aspect of it, they're doing phenomenal. I love the stories that they're telling and just letting us know. Like for me, you know, to be completely honest, obviously I knew that KBO existed, but to tell you that if I knew any about anything about the culture of it, I would be lying to you three weeks ago. You know, it's exciting to watch. You know, the it's different now because there's no fans in the stands, obviously. But to go back and watch, I've watched a lot of highlights of past years, and they have a lot of fun. You know, Korean baseball in South Korea, it's like a party in there. And what's interesting about it, and there's a reason to why it's it's considered, you know, such electric and a party, is because all around the stadium, obviously not in front of where, you know, the outside of the outfield, but there's nets, and it's been that way for a very long time. So you can be dancing in the crowd and have no fear of being hit by a foul ball. So let's say maybe 10, 20 years from now when we kind of go through the whole cycle of fans growing up around MLB to where there have been netting around the sea, and maybe we'll start to see that increase more where it is more almost like a football game or a hockey game more fan engagement in the game. I think maybe we could see that at the major league level here in America, but for the KBO, it's, it's a fan experience. Uh, Have you chosen a KBO team yet? (laughs) I have not. You know, I I keep seeing all these things about, you know, Oh, which KBO team should you root for? (laughs) You know, at this stage, you know, I grew up a Yankee fan, right? And, you know, once I started with the, Burlington Royals, I'm like, okay, now I can't really root for a team, but I guess my my team now is the Kansas City Royals. So I guess my rooting interest of one team is no longer in existence anymore. So I I think now it's more of, I just want to watch baseball. (laughs) And I think that's the big piece of it right now. Yeah, no, I I think if you asked any baseball fan, would they... uh take no baseball or some little league baseball with like six year olds. I think everyone would take the little league baseball with six year olds. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've seen yeah. everything else grow. Marble racing is popular now. So <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it wasn't for TikTok, I don't know what I would be doing. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a little weird without sports. I mean, because normally you just go, Oh, well football ended or basketball ended. All right. So let's go to baseball. And we'll we'll see this again in October when, you know, this team's in the World Series and they're playing a a close Game 7 against some other team. And it's just, it's all fun. But obviously now it's just kind of like waiting patiently for this whole, potentially this date or potentially that date to come around. And as you mentioned earlier, no one really knows when it's going to come back. And we all hope that it comes back in July. And we all hope that it comes back, uh, you know, we've got spring training in June, but no one can say that it's going to come then or come in August or start in October and we play a little short, a really shortened season. We, no one knows. Uh, I, I'm going to ask you one more question before we go to this kind of weird question to end it. Do you have any baseball memories growing up that you, uh, you know, you look back at and go, this is when I really became a baseball fan? You know, I think it goes back to, you know, it was a weird time because I became a baseball fan Right where it was the 2012 playoffs, right, for the Yankees and Eric Jeter 
hurt his ankle. Right around that time, that's when I really started watching baseball. And then the following year, that's when I started listening to John Sterling call games in 2013. And if you look back at the 2013 season and who was on that team, you're probably thinking you liked watching this team every single day <laughs> and you know between Lyle Overbay and um, Kevin Euclid was either part of the 2013 or 2014 team he was mixed in there um, all these different different players uh, Brandon Roberts you could look at as well uh, Brendan Ryan was mixed in there as well um, it was the year Mariano retired and Jeter was hurt also, A-Rods was serving his suspension. So it was that year, but Joe Girardi managed that team to almost get them to a wild card game in 2013. And, you know, I, I can't really pinpoint one baseball memory, but I would say is just simply hearing John Sterling call the games and just feeling the excitement that was surrounded by a team. You know, whether it's any major league team or just that culture, that's what I loved about it. And I could feel that when John was calling the game and is still calling the games. And um, it, it's something I'll never forget. Do you have a favorite John Sterling home run call? There's so I many, obviously. But. There's so many. And, you know, I'm going to um, – there, there's this one – so. I know some people might get on me for doing this. So I guess I will say my favorite John Sterling home run call, don't bust on me, Internet, would have to be, I can't believe I'm going to say this, would be my own. So I interviewed John for the first time. Uh, I know, I know. So I asked John, so Michael K interviewed him on center stage on the Yes Network, and he said, if, you know, he asked John if, if I had an athletic bone in my body, what would my home run call be if I played for the Yankees? And John gave Michael his own home run call and everything like that. And one of my last questions to John the first time I interviewed him was, if I had an athletic bone in my body, which there's no way I would to hit a home run for the Yankees, what would my home run call be? And he said, um, well, Alex split the fuse, and he is Alexander the Great. So that was one of my favorite um, home run calls because I asked them on the spot, and he came up with it right away. So I have to give him credit where credit is due to where, no, he doesn't really think about these a lot in advance, and he does come up with the ones right on the spot. But to for a favorite Yankee one, it would have to be Alfonso Soriano, who is one of my favorite players of all time. And he would always say, you know, Alfonso Soriano hits a home run. And then he would say, who's sorry now? And then he would say, well, Alfonso Soriano isn't sorry about that one. And I, I thought that was incredible. Um, and that stuck with me, too. Also, the granny man can for Curtis Granderson. Uh, Robbie Cano, don't you know? That's a good one. Avon from A Rod. There's so many of them. Um, so I, I think I love uh, Kyle Higgis Yoga's one. Let's get Higgy with it. Um, yeah, you know, that's a good one. one too. There are so many of them, and I could go on and on and on about all the different John Sterling calls. 
that I love. Uh, but definitely, um, I, I love Alfonso Soriano's. All right, so I am going to put you on the spot. No, I, I don't want to call. Uh, I'm obviously not athletic at all. But uh, Mount Rushmore, ba- baseball Mount Rushmore, who's your – Who's on your own personal baseball Mount Rushmore? Baseball players or broadcasters? Let's do both. Baseball players and then baseball okay. broadcasters. Okay. So Mount Rushmore meaning an impact to myself or in general? Let's do impact to yourself because I think if, if you do okay. in general, everyone's going to have kind of similar answers. Sure. So Mount Rushmore for myself is a good question. I've never been asked this one before. Um, I would say Alfonso Soriano would be one of them. I get four total, right? Four total or five? Yep. I think it's four. Um, four. Uh, Alfonso Soriano. Derek Jeter. I have to. Um, I would say, uh, let's see. Alfonso Soriano, Derek Jeter, Jackie Robinson, and Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw? Yeah. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm a little offended as a Giants fan. I, I feel like I should leave this now and go uh, wash my eyes. Yeah, out. I, love, <laughs> I, I do have to I, – I have to say I love Mad Bum. I love Mad Bum. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, Mad Bum is kind of like my own – that player I grew up with. I mean, obviously I'm younger, so I didn't grow up with like the the early Giants days or the early 2000s. But, you know, it was Mad Bum in that game seven against the Royals and it was Mad Bum in the playoffs just every time. It was almost like he won on the mound. You knew he'd, you knew he'd have a good game. It was almost a guarantee. And yeah. uh, how about broadcasters? Broadcasters, John Sterling, I would say – Bob Costas, Vince Scully, and the last one on the Mount Rushmore would be. Now this one's tough. Not a lot of people are going to like what I'm going to say, but I'm going to say it. Joe Buck. I I actually enjoy Joe Buck's baseball calls. I I, I understand I, that a lot of people don't, but I love it. I love Joe Buck as a broadcaster. In a sense that I love his grind, yeah. Where he can be calling Major League Baseball World Series game Thursday, Friday, and then he'll go call a huge Sunday night football game, and he'll be able to. If you tell Joe Buck to broadcast any game within twelve hours, it will be a great broadcast, and that's something that I admire. And love his grind about his passion for what he does is unbelievable. Yeah, no one. One of my favorite Joe Buck's calls is the uh, the one. It was I think like the Cardinals in the NLCS or something. And was it David Freeze who hits the home run to center? And he just goes, mm-hmm. "And we will see you tomorrow night." It, it mm-hmm. it's kind of just one of those calls where you go, "Dang, that is amazing." Because it's just so quick, it's concise, and it, it kind of just gets to the point, and it doesn't kind of loudly gag around a certain topic, and you kind of just await. And I, I love that he lets the crowd kind of tell the story and doesn't try to interject that in any way. You know, and that's the biggest piece, right? When you're calling a game, 
And it's going to be interesting to see what that sounds like yeah, if with there no is fans. baseball this year, <laughs> where there is no fans, right? Because the fans dictate the big moments. You know, if you go back to the Kirk Gibson home run, where Vince Scully is, says one of the greatest lines of all time, and you subtract the crowd noise from that moment, would we have known truly what sort of moment that would have been? I think that's a question that simply we may never know the answer to. Thank God we won't because that's a great moment in someone's career, life, and especially for any fan of the game of baseball, whether if you're alive for that or not, that you can go back and know about the story behind it. So I, I think that's a point where you have to kind of sit and think on of what is baseball without a crowd going to sound like? You know, and for anyone that knows it, you know, us broadcasters know 10 seconds of silence with no crowd sounds like an eternity <laughs> for an audience and a listener. So whenever sports return and there are, if there are no fans in attendance, it's going to be something to us broadcasters that are going to have to learn. All right, this is how, uh, this is how we do it now. <laughs> Uh, I guess if that means talking nonstop, then uh, let's do it. But again, we'll see when we cross that bridge, right? Of course, uh, Alex. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, hope you stay safe. Hope you stay healthy. And hopefully, you know, next time we're talking to you, we have some baseball on to at least kind of fill in the uh, fill in the blanks. Uh, of course, you can follow Alex on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Alex F U E Z. Alex, again, I uh, we both really appreciate it. Anytime. It was a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Alrighty. Well, uh, I hope we, we enjoyed that interview. That was a, a pretty fun interview. Uh, I also hope you enjoyed us trying to figure out what MLB players are best with our last, with the first letter of our last names. And in the case of Jake, mispronouncing Mark Melanson. I wasn't the only one who mispronounced the name. Okay. The other one was Hector Neres, which could also be Hector Neres, which, yeah. Or Mark Melanson. You know, one of the it best... It could also be Melancon. You didn't know how to pronounce Mark Melanson's name. He was one of the best, like, closers, like, four, three years ago. Well, maybe she got a better last name. What? <laughs> okay. Uh, other than that, you know, make sure to follow the podcast Twitter at The Seams Pod. Uh, I think all our Twitters are on there, too. Uh, you can also sign up for Hot Mike using our code SEAMS. That's S-E-A-M-S. Did I spell that right? Yes, I did. Uh, other than that, thanks you all, thank you all for listening. Make sure to stay safe. Stay healthy. Hello, 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 hello. <laughs> <laughs> One second. Um, we created a podcast Instagram. Didn't shout that out yet. Oh, the seems crap, pod. yes. The seems pod. Yes. Um, Instagram as well, same same as the Twitter. Uh, Please follow both of those. I need, I need to feel good about myself. Uh, uh, Anything else that I'm missing? I don't think I am. Sure, hope I'm not. Yeah, you are actually. Oh, Luke Boynton hit 55 home runs this year. Thanks for reminding me. Minor leaguers. Minor leaguers. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, Yeah, I actually didn't talk about Luke Boynton this week. 
So that means next week I have two uses of Luke Voigt. I feel like we're already going to get The entire interview with Luke Voigt next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, we we already did record the interview. for. Uh, we, we have another interview next week. We're not going to spoil anything. That's going to come out next week. Uh, that, that was also a really fun one, although Jake talked a lot about Luke Voigt. Uh, anyways, thank you all for listening to the Through the Scenes podcast. Hope you guys have a great day, great rest of your week, great weekend, great life. I uh, hope you guys stay safe, stay healthy, and stay out of trouble. Uh, yeah, thank you all for listening.